Don't call it a comb back. I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, girl? Grab my glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. I didn't think in Vegas I had to apologize for eating sushi off a model. I felt like in Vegas, if I'm the quarterback in Vegas, that's the halftime spread. This is the press box. <laughs> you should not have to apologize for that. Honestly, I understand it's 2020. I understand what we've got going on in terms of objectification and the Me Too movement. With Grady and Bischoff. In Vegas, that is part of the deal. If you're the quarterback at UNLV, that is... I just thought you that, go there. I thought it was part of the scholarship, the stipend, all of it. On ESPN Las Vegas. Max and Dak were so polite and lovely, and I just I was quite surprised that it got so misconstrued and blown out of proportion. I would like to humbly move past this and focus my time and energy on our game against the blank this weekend. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. I miss Max Gillum. I saw I saw uh, a email yesterday from UNLV Tyler that Max Gilliam he won some kind of an academic award or he was an on academic team. So when we just when we mix, miss Max Gilliam, he comes into our lives again. And I it, it's good because you know a year ago I don't remember who he was and he ate sushi and I remember who he was. Now I haven't heard about him often, so now he's back. He was uh, announced as a member of the 2021 National Football Foundation Hampshire Honor Society. I don't know what that is either, but I assume eating sushi off a model on a reality TV show helped him get in. Oh, yeah, that's part of the resume because he's obviously a really smart kid and he's probably, you know, it's like what can set you apart like when you apply to colleges, like, oh, everyone's got this, everyone's got these scores. What sets you apart? I'm, if I'm that kid, I'm leading with I ate sushi off the naked model because my uh, the rest of my resume on the GPA and the scores they're all going to be the same as every kid you know going for that that you know prestigious honor. But how many can put down you know the naked sushi? That's going to get the selection committee's attention. If I'm on that selection committee, I'm raising my hand. I'm like, hold on, we got to look at this kid. The first bite. Does Mike Bayock really love Jared Jones Smith? I think he does. I'd like to know before you answer this fully, who in the world Jared uh, Jones right? is. Right? Okay. Because he said that name yesterday, and I, <laughs> I, I I texted Adam Hill right away. Who? <laughs> so yesterday in Mike Mayock's press conference, his pre-draft press conference, he was asked about you know needing to draft a right tackle and free safety because those appear to be the, the spots on the team where they, they don't currently have a starter. And Mike Mayock, when talking about the right tackle position, said that they had a guy named Jared Jones Smith, who was a really good football player, and was talking about him as if he was an option to start at right tackle. And you texted Adam Hill. I started to I started to Google because I had never heard of Jared Jones Smith. And when Mike Mayock said it, I actually thought he said Jerry Jones Smith. So I'm Googling Jerry Jones Smith and cannot find this guy. I'm like, did Mike Mayock just make this person up? No clue who he was. Eventually figured out it was Jared 
Jones Smith. I thought he said Jared Justice, and all of a sudden, Jared played a lot of football this time. He played Jared played a lot of football more than most people we know. I said, oh, maybe Jared's got a second gig going. Well, Jared Justice has played 14 <laughs> less snaps than Jared Jones Smith in the NFL. So, so combined, we've played that, 14 snaps in the NFL. I have. Combined, I have. Combined, you've played zero offensive snaps. Those are all special team snaps too. That that wow. was my specialty was uh, running down the field, getting concussed, and then not remembering the rest of the game. Uh, okay, I found what you're referring to. If you want that Mayock sound. Oh no no, it's way oh. too long. No no, okay. we don't need to hear him talk anymore about Jerry well, Jones. Let me ask you this because I saw later in the day. Okay, was he on their practice squad? That's the first question. Right now or during the season? Like during the season. He was active in three. He played in three games okay. last year. So if you listen to that sound, I'm pretty sure when he said the name, nobody knew who it was. <laughs> he said, we just signed him off the street. And right. yeah, but, but the way he made it sound was they signed him off the street like yesterday. Yeah, I know. So when he said that and later on, I'm reading like he's a practice squad. I'm like, I never heard of this guy one. And you didn't just sign him off the street recently because he was on your team. Like I never heard of that guy. So the whole thing was confusing. Like later, I was actually, I obviously had nothing to do yesterday until I watched the Dodgers lose to the Padres. So the whole time I'm thinking, how could you sign this guy at the street if he was already with you? It was, the whole thing was bizarre. <laughs> Nobody knew who this guy was. And then it got confusing as to when he actually got here. So we went from the Raiders having the LeBron James of right tackles in Trent Brown, and they are now replacing him with a guy that nobody has ever heard of and has never played a single offensive snap in the NFL. There is no way that Mike Mayock actually believes what he said yesterday, right? Like there's no way he believes that Jared Jones Smith is a good football player. That's going to be an option at right tackle for the Raiders this year. I mean, I think even if he's on their practice squad, they might think he's a decent football player, but there's no chance they think he could be the right tackle. Like, you could still think, yeah, you know, Jared, Big J down there in the practice squad, he looks good, you know, in, in the shell drills. He might be a good player, but we're never starting him at right tackle. That's that's preposterous. Uh, we could never do that. We're not even sure who he is, never mind like everyone else we're talking to. So that was bizarre. And I couldn't see, I didn't have my video on, but I was looking at some other faces and I, I – purposely looked after that to see if anyone was like with their eyes like who's that guy and i i like i said i texted adam he had no clue who this person was and adam like does our mock drafts and he pays attention like nobody knew who this guy was no he was he was undrafted in 2018 uh the texans signed him but cut him before the season started he actually he played eight games in the aaf before the aaf folded uh he signed with the 49ers at one point but he was cut before the season started Rip. last year and then sign with the Raiders last season. That like that's his football career. And Mike Mayock dangled him out there as a really good football player as an option to start at right tackle this year, which seems like it uh, just, just seems okay. Un- yeah. It's unbelievable. It's not, there's no way. There's no uh, way. There's it's true. no I've way gotta, this guy I'm, is starting on opening. Uh, the, whenever whoever you know, we're gonna actually we found out the other day. It's I think it's May 11th, 12th. We're actually gonna get the schedule. Whoever they're playing in the opening week, no chance. Jared Jones Smith is their starting right tackle. I have the audio at seven seconds. Is that too short? All right, okay. All right let's do it. No, that, that's good. Let's do it. Uh, I mean, we, we've got a guy named Jared Jones Smith who we signed off the street last week who we, we think is a chance to be a really good football player. How did you sign him off the street if he was on your team last year? Last week? What are you doing last week? Did did someone else sign this guy and then you put him? I mean, did 
who signed this guy? Someone on the strip to have a job, and then you signed him off the street? I mean, what is he talking about? <laughs> you you just bartender. The guy was actually on the team. He was. He played. Was this what? guy active at any time? Yes, he played in three games. He played just, 14 no. special team snaps. What in the world is he talking about? He signed him off the street last week. I mean, at least maybe you say, hey, we re-signed Jared Jones-Smith. No one would still know who this person is, but at least it would make sense if you re-signed him. When you say last week we signed him off the street, it's like you just kind of found this guy somewhere. You've never known who he was, and you signed him. I would like to point out one other thing about Jared Jones-Smith. Um he has managed to spell his name in a way that's even stranger than our Jared Justice. Yes. So if yes. you're unaware, our Jared Justice spells his name J-E-R-E-D. Jared? Jared Jones Smith spells Jared J-A-R-Y-D. Oh, I thought it was, it's not J-A-R, it's, is it J-A-Y-R-D? J-A-R-Y-D. So jar well, don't and the, then don't put that in YD. the spelling bee. Yeah, well, yeah, we would have we would have screwed no that one. No chance up. on that. Yeah, we're doing another well, spelling bee today. If you'd put Jared Jones Smith, you would have gotten both no of chance. us. No oh, chance. Oh well, also, I I when I was setting up the offensive spelling bee, he apparently was an option and was not listed on any of the free agent <laughs> like no, trackers. I went no one to know who he was, and uh, yeah, the you know, the like, Raiders uh, official website. Didn't know who he was. We got to yell at Cassie Soto about Cassie that. Cassie Soto of Raiders.com has no idea. Just, I'll, I'll say this. I And it's definitely come off in the last nine minutes. We're going after him. I'm not going to go after him. I'm more going after, like, Mayock kind of saying they signed him off the street last week and sort of ensuing everyone knew who he was. He might be the greatest guy in the world. He might be a good football player. We don't know about him. To me, it's more on, the like, the management side of, one, you sort of said it like we knew who he was, and two, how did you sign him off the street last week if he was active for three games last year? And I'm trying to think there's no chance ever I have to do the report card after every game, like give them grades. I can say with complete confidence, I never wrote the name Jared Jones Smith. <laughs> like I never graded this guy for anything. I know that for sure. Okay. Something else Mike Mayock said about the offensive line yesterday is that he was energized by what they've done to the offensive line this season, which means he's energized because they've gotten rid of Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson, and Trent Brown and replaced them with Andre James, Denzel Good, and Jared Jones-Smith, apparently. <laughs> um, but also that by giving Colton Miller an extension, that that was good for the locker room to see the Colton Miller extension. And I'm curious if you were explaining why would that be good for the locker room? Why would anybody else on the roster care that Colton Miller got an extension? I don't know, but I know if they came to Carr and said, is this good for the locker room? He goes, well, maybe it'll be good next year, but let's keep the other guys right now. <laughs> right. Uh, because, because we don't have to extend him right now, so it's not overly good. I mean, yes, if, if his deal was up and you consider him the left tackle for the next 10 years and you had to extend him or lose him, then it's pr- – I don't know if it's good for the locker room. I don't know what that means. Is he like a locker room leader? He might be for all we know. But I don't know in the moment if it was overly good for the locker room if you didn't have to do this, and now you're replacing guys with these other names. It's like, okay, imagine you're Derek Carr or, or Josh Jacobs, guys that rely on the offensive line. And you see in the offseason Gabe Jackson, Trent Brown, Rodney Hudson, all gone. And the replacements are Andre James, who's barely played, and maybe Jared Jones-Smith. Like, those are the replacements. But then Colton Miller gets this big extension. 
you're not sitting there saying, oh, thank God Colton Miller got the extension. Our offensive line is going to be fine now. Like, that's not how you're thinking. You're thinking, so who's blocking for me yeah. on the right side? Yeah. Jared Jones-Smith? <laughs> Like, okay, you're, you're not. That would be awesome. That would be from the radio. You and I don't know who he is, but please tell me Derek Carr had no idea who this Jared Jones person was, because that would be the all-time greatest thing in the world if he's like, I don't really know who this person is. And I will take everything back I've said, and I think you will as well. Let's all agree that when we talk to Kevin Cole at seven thirty at Pro Football Focus, if they gave Jared Jones Smith a grade, we need to take everything back because I don't think Pro Football Focus even knows, and I think they grade seven thousand players at each position. Very important question. Very important question. We will have. Do you even know who Jared Jones Smith is? All right. Coming up next, we'll get into the NHL because they might be ruining your precious hockey jerseys with more ads. More quarterbacks that go, the the more players it pushes to us, Jordan. And, it, it, you know, it, it's uh, obviously helpful. Frankly, I'd like to see uh, 10 quarterbacks go in front of us. But, you know, basically, it, it, you know, the more quarterbacks that go, the better it is for us. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Man, I think people that pronounce quarterback as quarterbacks, I think I immediately think less of them. Just immediately, nope, you don't know what you're talking He's about. He's a football and I, guy. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think Dave Gettleman kind of might be the best example to say, yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about just because he says quarterbacks. Clap your backs. Go oh, on it. Jesus, what was that? <laughs> that did not sound like quarterbacks, Ed. That, not <laughs> that sounded like you were trying to quote Kian Fahey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh... All right, so... We've had some news in the NHL from the Sports Business Journal uh, this week that the NHL is expected to have jersey sponsors by 2022-2023. So this season, the NHL introduced helmet sponsors. So if you look close enough, you can actually see a sponsor on the helmets of NHL teams. The Golden Knights have two. I can't remember which one's on which, but Allegiance on one and Credit One Bank is on the other. Um that seems just like a gateway, the first step to having jersey sponsors. Um, my question, though, would be where would these jersey sponsors be on NHL jerseys? Because the report from Sports Business Journal was the exact location of a jersey patch, chest or shoulder, is also still being discussed and evaluated. I can't imagine NHL teams would put a sponsor across the chest where the team logo goes right now. No, I, I saw this and I immediately thought, do you remember the, <laughs> which I thought was weird. Do you remember the uh, TV car commercial with Nate Schmidt, but it had no logo or name on it, which was very yes. strange. Yes. Like I was like, and I obviously, I guess that meant, you know, sponsorship things. I don't know the rules on that stuff, but it had to mean that because like there was nothing on the Jersey. So I was thinking about that and I was, it has to be on the shoulder. It has to be, it can't be prominently on the front. That would really look weird. I'm not surprised they're doing this and they're going to say pandemic and money and everything they've lost. So they're going to go to sponsorship, whatever. I mean, you know me, I'm not going to be disingenuous, start worrying about jerseys or thinking one way or the other about this, but if you're you a Jersey guy, is, Ed, you're well, a Jersey guy, it, you know it. it. I'll just leave it at this. The non-Jersey Jersey guy like you would not believe it's in the front. That I think that'd be stupid. Yeah. So, okay. The worst thing about the sport of soccer that I should have changed yesterday in my three changes to the world yes. of soccer 
is that the jerseys have sponsors right across the chest. That when you wear a soccer jersey, it doesn't say your team name right across the chest in big letters. It says some sponsor and your team logo or team name or whatever is up in the corner of the chest in a little crest. That's the worst thing about soccer jerseys because you're you're a walking advertisement just trying to wear your favorite team's jersey. And right. that is so if you were if you're the NHL or any league, if you're trying to maximize money, if you're trying to say, yeah, let's make as much money as possible. That's the sponsorship you sell. That's the one you sell because it's the biggest thing on the jersey. So, of course, people like that, you're going to get more money for putting a giant Allegiant logo across the chest than you would putting a small Allegiant logo on the shoulder or something like that. But that is such a drastic change that I think people would genuinely be pissed about. Like fans would genuinely be mad if all of a sudden – the Golden Knights crest was no longer on the chest and it said credit one bank or something like that across the chest that it, it almost has to be on the shoulder. But even then, I'm still curious because, like, for example, the NHL has introduced helmet sponsorships. When you're right. watching an NHL game, you don't really notice. Like, it doesn't really stick out. Like, it, when they show close-ups of players, you'll see it. But even then, like, it's not something that you really notice on the helmets. The NBA's introduced jersey sponsors too, but they've put them up on the, you know, the strap on your shoulder. So it, it's pretty small. And when you watch an NBA game, you don't really notice. The only time you really notice is like a guy shooting free throws and they've got a close up on them and, and you'll see it there. But you don't really notice. Like those two introductions of jersey sponsors haven't really been that invasive. But the problem is, is that if you're one of the companies that's sponsoring the jersey or the helmet, and I'm sitting here telling you right now, it's not noticeable. I don't ever see it when I'm watching a game. Why the hell would you pay for it? So if I was a company, the only jersey sponsorship I'm paying for is the one right across the chest, the one that takes over the jersey. But I can't. I just can't imagine the NFL would do that right off the bat. It'd be weird with the Knights because they have like six jerseys and what would clash? Um, like we were in the red ones tonight, we're in the gold ones tonight. Like what, what track suits are the coaches wearing at the skate? Cause now we know what color the jerseys are. Uh, we got the home one, the white one. So I don't know what would clash or you, do you just keep changing those out? Guys, you say with the helmets, like I assume there's sponsorships on those gold helmets, but they're so bright. I can't even see what the sponsorship is. So I don't know. Like it, like you said, if you, if they're not prominently displayed and you can't read what it is, I don't know if I'm the president of. I don't know, you know, some car dealership or health institute or whatever is going to sponsor it if I be all that jazzed up about it, right? Because you want your you want your logo or your name prominently displayed, and if they're clashing, like you said, or they're not prominently out there, then I'm not paying as much money. I know that. I mean, I'll tell you what: if you're on the front of the back, to me, it's changing the bill I get in the mail. I mean, that's you know, that's that it, it, the money's going to come into that. I think and where it's placed. I had no idea, but there actually is a sponsor on the gold helmets. I had I no had, clue either. No. I, we, we've seen those things. Like, I can't stop looking at those things when they're on, but that I did not know there was a sponsor on there because they're so damn shiny. You can't tell yeah. there's a sponsor on there. What's the sponsor? <laughs> I have credit, no idea what it is. It's, it's Credit One Bank. But yeah, if you... I, yeah. I don't see that. It's it's yeah. uh it's there. You can't tell for unless you're up close and like right next to the person's ear, but it's there. Credit one bank right across the helmet. Wow. So I get there's no way and not uh nothing against credit one, but I'm telling you, and, and I'm with you, like when the gold helmets come on, I well come on, you can't help but look at them. You're blind in the press box that far if you're still blind. <laughs> but I certainly can't uh I don't know there's a logo on it. 
no chance. And I looked at those helmets more than I've looked at other any other ones. <laughs> Ed, 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 you're now a Jersey guy. You know that, right? I'm, I'm more of a Jersey guy since I've known you and done the show, but I'm not enough of a Jersey guy to care if there's sponsors on it. I'll give you that. Like, I've liked a lot of the old-time hockey jerseys. I, I've kind of admitted that to you. But if you're telling me that one I love with Washington has, like, you know, I don't know, the Washington bank on the back, like, it won't change my mind if I like the jersey or not, right? It won't, like, I won't have an effect on that. I do agree with you. I don't want it across the front because I think that's kind of stupid because then it takes away from what the logo is. Yeah, but you're, see, look I at mean, that. You, you've got opinions on jerseys that I am, we have come so far. Yeah. We, it is, it is In so, our relationship, I'm, you've now got me grading um, Lindy LaRock, like spinning a uh, whatever that wheel is, <laughs> and now jerseys. Perfect. So, I have succeeded. I don't know what yes. else. To, I don't know what else I can accomplish. I There's really nowhere else to go now. except. I got to figure something else I, I can accomplish here because this is phenomenal. I don't know what else to do. It's perfect. Yeah, Ed's a Jersey guy. He's got opinions yeah. on jerseys, and now I think now I just got to get you wearing a jersey. Oh, dude. How long is this show going to be on the air? <laughs> oh, come on. We can find a throwback for you, Ed. I, I just, that's, that's what I need to find. Because listen, <laughs> we're, we're uh, giving away next week. Make sure you guys are listening. We're giving away yes. a Golden Knights jersey every day next week, Monday no. through Friday. You're going to have a chance to win a Golden Knights jersey if go. Ed doesn't steal them. He's a, he's a jersey well, guy. Ed might try to steal them and run away and wear them all. Listen. If I'm in that studio nowadays, it's to pick up a check. <laughs> and, if, and, if, and if I'm not doing that, I'm not there. So the chance I'm stealing those jerseys, not very good. Yeah, we'll send one to you, Ed. Just get you in a jersey. Okay. Get Ed Grady uh, in a jersey while we do the show. Uh, that's that's you what send we need me, to do. You send me a Dodger jersey with the name Jaeger and number seven on the back. There's a chance. That's, oh, I told you, a throwback. Chance. Oh my God! Yeah, well, it has, yeah, yeah. I don't want new ones. This, this catcher who was not any good, Jaeger, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Had you heard God. of Steve Jaeger before I talked about him? No, he yeah. was Jared Jones Smith. No, no, no. He was the no. guy. Wasn't he the guy who broke the sound barrier? No, no, no. Come on, <laughs> that, that's his brother Chuck. No, um, not brothers. The the one thing Stephen Jaeger. I've told you this. Stephen Wayne Jaeger is known for every time. Well, now it's like a metal piece, but in the back, you used to be, um, you know, the flap on the catcher's mask. He's responsible for that because he took a shard of wood in his neck off a foul ball, and he almost died. And and someone of the Dodgers figured, how do we protect this? And they invented the um, the flap underneath. Now it's like a, you know, it's a bar. But that's Stephen Wayne Yeager's uh, claim to fame. He yeah. almost died. Yeah, he almost died. <laughs> I do and that I, on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think Ed likes you too, so maybe that's Ed's soft spot. People that almost die is, is Ed's favorite players of all time, even though he hit 220 or something like that in his 224. career. 224. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 224. All right. Coming up next, we are going to be joined by Kevin Cole of Pro Football Focus. You have to understand the other piece of this is sometimes you have a trade and the guy that the team is trading up for gets picked in front of you. I've had, we've had that happen to us. We got a trade, we got a trade and the and the so and so selects no trade Dave, goodbye. And they hang the phone up on me. So that happens too. I mean, it's really it's it's like it's almost becoming urban myth. I, I I've tried, I really have. 
It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Kevin Cole. Follow him on Twitter at Kevin Cole PFF. Kevin, how are you today? Hey, Kevin. Uh, I'm doing great. How, how are you guys doing? Okay, I have, I have a very important question for you. Please, please give us an answer to this. In all honesty, it can be as short of an answer as, as necessary. Do you know who Jared Jones Smith is? Jared Jones Smith. No, that's going to be a no. That's going to be a negative. Okay. <laughs> because yesterday, Mike Mayock, when asked about the Raiders potentially needing to draft a right tackle, said they've got a guy named Jared Jones Smith who could be a really good football player. And just to fill you in, Jared Jones-Smith has played 14 career special team snaps over the last three seasons since graduating college and has been on the Raiders practice squad for less than six months. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I haven't, haven't dug into the practice squad. We'll, we'll get there, maybe. Maybe by the time we get through training camp. But, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk about what they're going to do at right tackle. So, um, yeah, options are not ideal right now. Well, then answer this, obviously, if they open up against whoever and Jared Jones-Smith is a starting right tackle, how concerned should people be? I think they should be fairly concerned. I mean, we've seen throughout Derek Carr's career in particular, like how that offensive line has affected how he played, how he was at that MVP-ish sort of level in 2016 when it was so high. So, yeah, I have a feeling that especially – in, the, in that division with some good pass rushers, you may see some guys lining up across from him on week one. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's make the assumption that Jared Jones Smith is not actually going to be the starting right tackle. Uh, Kevin, are you are you of the belief the Raiders at seventeen should take a right tackle there, or that the class at tackle is big enough that they could wait and get one with their second round pick, and it would be just fine to plug that guy in as a starter? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a little bit of a like a trite to say, but you know, it kind of depends on who's there at that point in time. The Raiders don't they have holes in in some other positions, so it's going to depend on on the board there. I mean, it is extremely deep in tackles this year. We're talking about five, maybe six who will go in the first round. So I think they're going to be prioritized. So I would not be surprised. I think I think locking that in early can be good. We saw how excellent the tackle class was last season and uh, guys like Tristan Wirfs who came in and was on a Super Bowl team. So I think that's important. And we also saw in free agency, there's a lot of value being placed on tackle. They're hard to find. We saw guys like Cam Robinson for the Jaguars who got the franchise tag who hasn't been that great. Uh, I think it's just important to have both of those, both ends, both bookends uh, uh, handled in the NFL now where you have guys rushing off of both edges. Uh Obviously, and like you said, they've got holes. We can start defensively, um, free safety. So I want to ask this because I keep seeing this guy's name in different spots, and Trayvon Morgan, everyone says he's absolutely the best safety. He'd be the best free safety the Raiders could get. But I've seen him to where it's low to mid-20s, and Mayock said yesterday, hey, if a guy's not there, we could always trade back. Well, one, is 17 too high for him? And if not, what's the risk on trading back? Like, where do you see this guy if that's, for whatever reason, Mayock and Gruden's guy? Or do you just say, take him at 17? You know, I, I wouldn't be totally against taking him at 17. I mean, we have him as our 16th ranked um, a prospect on our, on our big board. So I think he can be taken there. We generally, though, have a higher value placed on coverage players. And safety being, obviously, that that's the primary responsibility in today's NFL is to, is to really play against the pass. So I wouldn't be against that, although if you look – there's some other databases out there that I like to check. There's one that tracks all the different mock drafts that are out there. 
few of them have safety going to the Raiders in the first round. It's really the second round where where those names start to come into play. And most of the, the safety class here, uh, there, we might not see a single one go in the first round. So I, I could see the Raiders maybe waiting on that and then deciding – if there's a strategic trade-up in the second round, that's something that may be an option. Or if they wanted to trade back and then go for that position with the first pick if they don't like who's there at 17. I think either one of those two things could happen. Yesterday, Mike Mayock said that, they're, that they have had lively discussions about guys that opted out of their college season last year. How big of a storyline do you think that'll actually be during the draft about guys who didn't play college football last season? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a of a bias, obviously, towards highly ranked prospects. I mean, we're seeing whether it's um, Penny Sewell or whether it's Jamar Chase, uh, Micah Parsons to a degree, that it doesn't seem to have affected them at all. But if there are other players who may have out of their, you know, out of their control missed time, a lot of time this season, I think that's also a big thing that teams should be paying attention to. It's not only guys who opted out, but it's shortened seasons. It's weird issues with competition being either better or worse than you'd expect and with COVID issues on different teams. So I think all those things come into play. And of course, like everything else in life, uh, maybe uh, two weeks into the season, if a player isn't playing well and they opted out, uh, people are going to start making that a storyline just based upon what happened. So I think we're kind of at a, a what-if situation here. Uh, but I have heard generally that teams may be willing to trade back and take some picks in 2022 if they can to get more certainty. Uh, we'll see if that plays out on draft night. Is there anyone who believes that Carl Joseph and Jeff Heath are actually the answers? Yeah, I don't think, you know, the I'd say low low probability here, but what we have seen at um at that position is that sometimes you can have a jump forward. Uh, sometimes players when it, when it depends on who's playing around them, uh the scheme, the you know, the trying different things that players can really leap forward further than you'd expect in that sort of position and it can be slower developing. So I think I probably always place myself in in a bucket where saying I think there's a higher chance than some others may think, but obviously it's been a disappointing start, um in particular with Abram who came in as a as a first round pick. Uh Kevin Cole with us from Pro Football Focus. Kevin, you've you've written a couple of stories um ranking the running backs and wide receivers, rookie running backs and wide receivers for fantasy football purposes. And I'm, I'm curious, you've, you've got it all listed out here um, as to how you do this, but how confident are you given that we don't know what teams they're going to be on and how that impacts how these guys actually will be uh, value-wise for fantasy football? Yeah, that, that's obviously a huge thing here. I mean, the, the most important thing for either position is where they are drafted. So I am building into the equation an expected draft position. Again, that's based upon what we've seen for, for mock drafts, so that's part of it. But in particular for for running backs, yeah, if you're if you're drafted onto a team where clearly you're going to be a committee back or you're going to be maybe a backup who could emerge later or something like that, that's going to be a lot more difficult than someone who hops into a great situation. And just generally running backs can produce a little bit earlier, even if they're taken later in drafts. So I think it's going to be a huge factor for them. Wide receivers Nowadays, you know, there's three wide receiver sets across across the board, and from a, just a production standpoint, guys can be successful even if they don't have great quarterback play because you can put up big numbers on a team that is that is trailing a lot. Um, so I think there's maybe a little bit more potential and less to worry about if you're really confident in a prospect for wide receiver that they can go and produce anywhere. You can have a Justin Jefferson type season playing with Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk Cousins is not the worst quarterback in the league and not the best quarterback in the league, but he does enough 
where you can put up those types of gaudy stats that we saw from Jefferson last year. We never saw this when he was at Ohio State, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, what league or what teams will think of Justin Fields informing them about childhood epilepsy and everyone saying who's going at three. And I just can't believe no matter what he said, he's going to slip that far. But because we never saw it at Ohio State, or at least it was never made known, does this affect his status at all? Like, is there anyone who's really going to say, all right, that's just too much of a red flag? Because I, I just can't see him slipping. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, he's been slipping, according to media reports, for a while now. So when I saw this report come out about the epilepsy, it doesn't seem like a concern, but it could explain in situations where you have, you know, Fields versus Mac Jones, Fields versus Trey Lance, um, coin might be coin flip situations in some in some rooms anyway and that could right. be a, a deciding factor so maybe it explains some of the slippage that we've already seen if that knowledge if that was known by teams you know earlier than just it being uh, leaked out to the press in the last uh, leaked out to the public in the last couple of days what would what be you, the number you'd be shocked at that he could not go to um i mean i i i think you could go as late as eight or nine, it's possible. Now, if he slips out of the top 10, I think that would be really a shock. So what would be your expected order of the top three picks in the draft? I mean, I'm not a huge Mac Jones fan, but I think they're just too much pointing in that direction. Uh, It's possible that it's, you know, we can we can bow down afterwards to Shanahan and Lynch and whatever smoke screens that they're sending out there. But a lot of reporters are putting their reputations, at least partially, on the fact that it's going to be Jones. So I do think it's going. I mean, we we know Lawrence and Wilson pretty much are going to be one and two. Then Jones there, and then it's really going to be a big pivot point uh, in the fourth spot. I think the Falcons are probably going to go with Kyle Pitts there, and and because the ownership that was was stated is wanting to give another run with Julio and Matt Ryan and not rebuild there. So I think that could be really interesting because that would be you know the first non quarterback taken in the draft being a tight end. That's really going to be huge, and will set up where some of these other guys like Lance and Fields will fall later. Are you concerned at all, or is it more of a breath of fresh air the other way about Trevor Lawrence's kind of? Uh, uh, you know, quotes on it, it does not define me. This will not define me. I mean, some people said breath of fresh air. Others said, well, you're never going to be great if that's if you're not all in. Like, where do you obviously he's going to be the first pick, but where do you kind of stand and what we've heard from him in terms of thoughts about football and how he approaches it? Yeah, I, mean, I guess all else being equal, maybe you wouldn't want to hear that if only because it'll come up. You know, it's not going to come up. The reaction now has been something. There's no doubt about it. But he's locked in as the number one pick. The reaction is really going to be, you know, a few weeks into the season, if he's struggling, other things like that, I, I could see that coming back to haunt him. But, I mean, he's Trevor Lawrence, right? He's, he's like the best quarterback ever coming out of high school. He wins a national championship in his, his freshman year. He's the, the next, you know, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning type of prospect. He's got those, that flowing hair. I mean, he's got a lot going on for him. So I, I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it if he, if he doesn't have any confidence issues or any chip on his shoulder at this point. Well, he is Kevin Cole from Pro Football Focus. Again, follow him on Twitter at Kevin Cole PFF. Kevin, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Why? Why has Trevor Lawrence got to go to the Jaguars? I know, I know. It's just, I don't want to have to pay attention to Jacksonville Jaguars yeah, games. Well, and that's the thing because I want him to be incredibly great, and I want Urban Meyer to lose every game so you can't have to, <laughs> like 
<laughs> like, there's no way he could be as good as I want him to be and not win games. And I'd love Urban Meyer to never win an NFL game. So it's a it's a hard balance to find. Yeah, it's like why why Jets? Why did the Jets screw this up? Like, I'd much rather see him in New York because that would be oh, utter chaos, and it'd be wonderful. Yeah. All right. What Coming I, up next. Oh, oh, go ahead, Jared. Go oh, on. I just want I just want Urban Meyer to come out after the draft and go, we're going to have an open uh, quarterback competition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back at Ohio State, we used to have four starters. Jared, Gardner Minshew is not getting a shot. But what if he does? He's not getting a shot. All right. Will, will Gardner up. Minshew be a good teammate, Jared, or will he just uh... – well, he, he's going to take, uh, yeah, he's going to take him Lawrence under his wing and teach him. <laughs> if Trevor Lawrence starts wearing jorts before week one, we might have a problem in Jackson. You don't think that he already wears jorts? Eh, not in public. A he's got in summer. Gardner Minshew's got to uh, get that confidence up so Trevor Lawrence can wear the jorts in public. Right now, he's just wearing jorts in his own bedroom, and that's it. He's afraid to show them to the world. All right, coming up next, we're going to stick with the Raiders because uh, I don't think John Gruden wants to draft any players that sat out the college football season in 2020. I've tried to trade back, but it, it's going to be value. I'm not getting fleeced. I, I refuse to do it. And if you know somebody wants to make a bad trade back, God bless them. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. So much Dave Gettleman on the show today. He sounds like he's struggling every time we hear him talk. All right. Yeah. Good, good, good. Keep struggling, baby. Keep struggling. So yesterday when Mike Mayock was talking, uh, he was asked about college football players that opted out of the 2020 season because quite a few players did, in fact, opt out opt out last year and just they didn't play college football last season and Mike Mayock said that the Raiders had lively conversations about drafting a player that had opted out last season so like do, do you think the Raiders would actually avoid drafting a guy simply because he opted out maybe if all things as uh we just talked about Justin Fields maybe if all things are equal but no if there's even any chance they truly believe after Zoom interviews and watching a kid on film, he's better than what they have at that spot. I I never believe, uh, I've never believed that interviews and character is as important to these guys as they say it is. I just don't believe it. I think it's a win-at-all-cost league. I think, as we've seen, not just with the Raiders, because that's unfair, with every team. We want guys with character issues. We just signed, you know, Antonio Brown. We want character issues. We signed Richie Incognito. Now, those, you know, Richie worked out for them, but there were things in his past. So when you get to these guys about opting out, again, if opt-out number A is even 10% better than a guy who didn't opt out, they're taking the guy off the because they want to win. So I, when I hear these things, I'm like, oh, whatever. I mean, if the other guy's better, you're taking him because that's all that matters in this league is winning. I, I, I don't know where you stand, but I've never bought into the whole character stuff in this league, not in this league. I am curious what exactly the lively conversations were because Mike Mayock yesterday when talking about this, he he talked about the reasons why guys opted out because he said they asked a bunch of players, hey, why'd you opt out? And he said that the reasons they got were some was because of family. Some was because they were in the Big Ten or the Pac-12 and their season was canceled. So they hired an agent and started working out. And then, oh, the season's back. And they decide, well, I got to repay my agent and everything. So, like, he gave reasons, like, legitimate, valid reasons to why these guys would opt out. So I'm curious when he says lively conversations, 
how much does John Gruden hate the idea of a guy that would opt out of a season? Like how much is John Gruden the one pushing back on we can't draft that guy because he didn't he doesn't love football enough yeah. and he didn't play last year? Not if he thinks he can help him win. And you just gave a couple reasons, which is really good you gave those reasons, of how they can convince themselves it wasn't really the guy, right? So if a guy says, look, my, t- you know, my team in the Big Ten opted out, man. I wanted to get ready. I signed an agent. I've been working out every day. And I, you know, the NFL is the most important thing to me. That, in their minds, is a good enough reason to draft him. They just need – it's kind of like when the next team signs a guy that's been a disaster in three other places, but in their minds, like, well, we can fix him. Like he'll be he'll be fine with us. He'll be better with us. This is the same situation. You can explain away anything you want with reasoning. So if a guy says, "I've been working out and I signed an agent. This is the most important thing to me in the world." All the stuff that football guys like to hear at that level, it won't matter. It's not going to matter unless it's all equal and you you know everything's equal. You'll take the other guy or this guy's five percent less, and you're going to take the better player. Like I just you know the one thing the one thing we have to kind of get down to here is. Why Jared Jones Smith opted out. <laughs> so once we figure out, because obviously he opted out because no one has any idea who he is. Once we figure out where Jared Jones Smith was when he opted out, and they took him back as well. They signed him off the street. Poor Jared Jones Smith. <laughs> Poor Jared Jones Smith. Is it bad that we're doing this or is it okay because we don't know who he is? I mean, he's <laughs> so he's taken the brunt of this when it's it's clearly Mike Mayock that should yes, be taking the brunt yes, of this exactly. for suggesting that a guy who's played <laughs> zero offensive snaps in his career could be their starting right tackle. Like it's, it, uh, it's I feel bad for Jared Jones Smith, but I also didn't know who Jared Jones Smith was yes. 24 hours ago. So I yeah, and Mike Mayock suggested that he might be the starter. So yeah, Jared I, did a great job all day. Oh Jesus! Oh jeez! Uh, well, let me ask you. Let me ask you then. You know, Jimmy opted out from I don't know Big Ten or Pac-12 school, and he says, you know what? Uh, I was concerned about my family. I was concerned about getting. That's his reasoning. Do you hold it against them? No, I mean, I personally don't. I don't, I don't care either. if you opted out. Yeah. I, if, yeah. And, and listen, the funny part is, you look at some of the players in the draft, the best offensive lineman in Panay Sewell opted out. The best wide receiver yeah. in Jamar Chase opted out. The best linebacker in Micah Parsons yeah. opted out. Like, some of the best players in the draft didn't play last year. And yeah. I I don't know. I'm, I'm curious if there are, it, beyond the Raiders, I'm curious if there are other teams that would actually pass on a guy they think is a good football player because he opted out. Because I mean, hell, we're playing the Dave Gettleman sound. Dave Gettleman sounds like a guy who would be like, oh, you don't love football enough. We can't draft yeah. a guy that doesn't love football enough. Like, we hear that a lot, and I'm curious, how how real is it? How real no, is it of, I mean, hey, you don't love football enough. We can't have you within this team. We need a wide receiver. Why would we want Jamar Chase? He opted out. <laughs> like, that's not happening. 